Hi there, I'm so glad you joined me today. This is Vision Eternity Ministries, and my name is Lee Klein. We're talking about getting ready for Jesus. Jesus is about to return, and he's preparing us for his return by letting us know how we're not ready, what we need to do before he comes so we can stand before him that day as his bride recreated in his likeness, which would be us looking without spot or wrinkle, looking like him. He wants us to look like him. And really, that's what salvation is all about. If you think you're saved and and you're just going to turn this off, don't, because most of us aren't ready. I'm not ready. With every day, Jesus shows me something else that I need to change about myself. He's gentle and he's kind. But at the same time, he's not going to let it go that we're ignorant of his word. So on that day, we're practicing lawlessness and he has to say to us, away from me, I never knew you. He's filling us in. He's telling us things to come. He's reminding us of the word. So let's acknowledge him today. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are teaching us your way, that you're not letting things go undone, no loose ends, but you're telling us what's about to happen and what work we need to do to be ready. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. You're so good. Jesus is so good. He's so in love with us, and he wants us to know every single thing there is. He said his friend knows what his master is doing. And when you're his friend, when you care about what he cares about, we've been talking about giving to the poor, then you're going to have that compassion. You're going to be sensitive to his feelings. And you're going to care about what he cares about. When you love someone, you care about what they care about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And he cares about your neighbor. He cares about that poor person on the street that sometimes maybe we walk by or maybe you walk by all the time. But when you know his heart and you know how he grieves him, that many will perish, you're going to do something about it. You're going to help do something about it. And we were talking about how when we lend to the Lord and the interlinear interlinear Bible says that lend to lend is to be a part of. And so he's asking you to be a part of his world, to be a part of his life, to be a part of doing his will. And just think of that, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so he's showing us that we're not doing his will. We're calling him Lord, but we really have no idea what's going on with him. We don't know what he's thinking or how he's feeling. And so we are so blessed to find that out. We're so blessed to find that out today. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. So we have to be sure that we're doing his will. We have to know what he expects of us and then do that thing. He said, many are going to say, but Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he's going to say, wait for me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. You know, the Bible says to seek and to find. Jesus is a relationship. And so if you don't know 
this, if you don't know what he's saying ahead of time, then you're not seeking, you're not finding, you're not taking the time to know him, which means you won't be compassionate to do his will. And he'll have to say, away from me, I never knew you. So we are to be giving to the poor. If we care about Jesus, if we care about our Lord, then we're going to care about what he cares about. And we're not going to be walking by that person. And we're going to make it a lifestyle to give every day, to put aside money for that person that God puts in your path. I want to read to you in 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to skip around a little bit. But I want to read verse 9, first of all. As it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will will go on and endure forever. Verse 10. And God who provides seed to the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in act of goodness, kindness, and charity. And then verse 11, thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous in your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. God's word translation, um, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, God will make you rich enough so that you can always be generous. Your generosity will produce thanksgiving to God because of us. And so God is going to provide seed for you to give. He's going to provide for you if you give. If you care about what he cares about and you're putting, you're, you're putting intention, you're making it your intention to feed the poor, to do as well, then he's going to provide for you what you need to do that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that blessing may come to someone, will also reap generously and with blessing. And so if you're not giving, You're not going to have when you go to the Lord and ask him. If you don't have to give, it's because you don't have a willing heart. If you just have a little bit to give, then it's time to increase your giving so that he can increase you and you can give generously. And you're going to give with a cheerful heart when you know that you're caring about what he cares about. When you want to please him and you have compassion for him and it breaks your heart that his heart is broken, you're going to give generously just because of that. But then know that when you give generously, that you're going to get back generously. He's going to provide you with what what we just read. He's going to provide you with seed to sow. That's his way. It's how his kingdom works. Luke 6.38, we talked about. Given will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you don't have, you're not giving. Verse 7, let each one, as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, under compulsion, for God loves 
He takes pleasure and prizes above all things and is willing to abandon to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do giver, which his heart is in his giving. And so if, I, if I'm willing to go without something that I want, and I'm going to give that that I have instead to somebody who doesn't have what I have, to somebody that he shows me needs what I have, then he's saying he's going to bless me. He loves that. He takes prize in that. He takes pleasure in and prizes above all things and is willing, he who is willing, to abandon what he wants to give to someone else. You're not going to stay in that place because as you increase, as you, as you measure, as you're happy to be that cheerful giver, he's going to increase you more and more. And then I like verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish abundance for every good work and charitable donation. You don't have to borrow. You're going to be self-sufficient. You're not going to have to worry about your needs. You're going to have what you need. You're going to be living in God's system. His way of doing and being right. His, his way is higher than our way. You're not going to have to depend on some other system when you are that cheerful giver. When you live in God's kingdom and you love, remember to give is to love. And then he said he's going to make you rich. God will make you rich enough so that you can always be generous. Your generosity will produce thanksgiving to God because you gave. Because you gave. He's going to take care of you when you take care of them. And you know what else that means? That means, just like he said to the rich young ruler, when you take care of them, remember what he said? Sell your stuff and give it to the poor. And then you will have eternal life. When he came up to Jesus, he said, what do I have to have to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. And he said, I do all them since my youth. And Jesus loved the man and he looked at him and he said, there's one thing you lack. This is something we have to do if we're going to have eternal life. You know, um, I get afraid. I don't want to go to hell. And so I'm always telling Jesus to correct me. Correct me. I've had that conviction too many times to just let it go undone, unsaid. And what I'm saying is so many times I've heard him say, you've ignored me. You ignored me. You didn't do what I asked you to do. You knew I asked you to do that, yet you ignored me. You did what you wanted to do. You didn't do it because you're afraid of this or afraid of that. Whatever the reason, I didn't do it and I ignored him. And then I have to go make it right. You want to make sure that happens for you. You want to make sure that you ask him to correct you. You don't want him to tell you on that day, you ignored me, you practiced lawlessness away from me, I never knew you. You want him to tell you that now. 
Don't be estranged from him. But get to know him. Seek him. Knock. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me, and then I'll show myself to you. He's going to show himself to you if you, if you obey him. Revelation 3.20, he said that. He said, if you heed my word, I will come and live on the inside of you. He said, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. If you heed my word, I will come. If you heed my voice, I will come and live on the inside of you. And when he lives on the inside of you, you're going to feel that conviction. You're going to hear their correction. The verse before, he said, I correct those I love. So get excited about it. Giving to the poor is, should be part of our lifestyle. Intent, like he said, have an intention. Not reluctantly. Not even last minute, but have decided ahead of time, which means it's your lifestyle. It's what you plan to do. You made it a plan. You made, you made it something that is a part of your life. You're going to get up every day. And when the Lord puts someone in your path, you're going to already have decided what you're going to give. Granted, he's going to surprise you sometimes. But to have a plan, just like you decided you're going to forgive seven times, 77 times a day, it's your lifestyle. You're going to forgive. And all the other things. That should be our lifestyle. So there's one thing we lack. We think we're ready. When I do street ministry, there's so many people who think they're ready, as I said, but they don't even know what they lack. They don't even know what it is they need to fix before Jesus comes because they're prideful. They're prideful. Some people have no idea who Jesus is. And we need to tell them. There's so many things that Jesus is asking us to do that we lack and we just don't do it. We worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear, how we're going to pay for this, how we're going to pay for that. And he's saying if you do things his way, you're not going to lack anything. You're not going to need any aid or support. He's able to make all grace, every favor, earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So you may always have an all, under all circumstances, whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation you're going to have to give. You're not going to have to borrow. You're not going to have to try to figure it out. You figured it out ahead of time when you said, I'll go for you. I'll give to the poor. You provide for me, and I'll do that. And that's what, that's what Jesus is saying. You take care of them, I'll take care of you. But if we don't take care of them, if we don't care, we can't expect that he's going to be taking care of us. We are in a day right before he's coming, and we are being tested. Will you care? Will you give? Are you going to be walking by? Which line are you going to be in? The sheep? Or the goats? Is he going to say to you, away from me, I never knew you, you didn't care? You have no idea that I'm grieving and it's not my will that one should perish? You have no idea that I'm grieving 
Because you won't listen to me? Because you don't have ears to hear? Most people I know don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear the sweet, it's okay message. And that's good for now, but it's not going to last you for eternity. Get hard on yourself. Let Jesus correct you. Go through the conviction and he'll make it easy as long as you agree to do it. And so, Revelation 3.20, he said, if you heed my voice, I'm going to come and live on the inside of you. When you heed his voice, you're saying, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a part of your life. I'm going to be a part of what you're doing. I'm going to participate, partake in what's happening. I'm not going to be worrying about me, but I'm going to move into your system, your way of doing and being right. And then what I need will be added to me, and I'm going to believe that. And that takes getting on your knees every day and talking to him, reading the word, finding out how to live in the kingdom of God so you can be ready that day, so you can do his work. Let's pray. Jesus, we're asking you to come and live on the inside of us, to be our God, to teach us our way, your way. We love you. We praise you. We want to care about what you care about. Be sensitive to your feelings and to those who are left stranded out on the street with nowhere to turn. Help us to be a part of their salvation. Help us, Lord. Help us to see what we're doing to have ears to hear, to submit. Thank you and praise you. Give you all the glory. When you say that prayer, you're saying, I'm engaged with you. I'm going to be a part of your life. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to get ready for that wedding date. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to be there without spot or wrinkle. I'm going to stand before you. And you're going to be pleased with me. That's what you want to do. It's not a prayer that you pray and then you go back to your life. No, you're engaged to be married. Know that. This is a serious commitment to make. If you didn't pray with me, you can pray at any time. You just got to say, I'll marry you. I will. I do. Let's get ready. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.